Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by the degenerate prime boy, Mr. James Key. The most degenerate prime boy, I think, probably in the world. I would say, well, no, because I mean, somebody bought it too. I wasn't the only one. We'll get to that. But I also, I don't like the unnatural feeling of no music on the intro. I got to find a way to fix that. It feels really weird. Well, I mean, the people listening, and thank you for listening, have no idea what you're talking about. Well, we removed the live intro, so you, we used to have the music play us in, but there's been a problem tech-wise. Now we can't do that because it somehow cuts into Dustin's feed, which is weird, but we'll figure it out. We're also joined by, I think, I am right in thinking, the number one seed in our fantasy football league, Mr. Matty Key. That is true. On the back of Jalen Hurts. Putting some respect on that name. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude's doing full carry. I'm just his backpacker in fantasy. This oh, time. no. I was saying Dustin's putting respect on your name because. Oh, yeah. Well, you, let, 10 let minutes ago, wasn't that's for sure. <laughs> letting him know you're the number one seed. So, fortunately, um, we're still a couple weeks away from the playoffs. But if it were to start today, I would be uh, headlining what is called the toilet bowl. So, <laughs> you and Jim? <laughs> Yeah, probably. No, it's uh, Mike actually. Who's uh, oh, is it? The bottom. So, oh, fortunately, he, because the I lost last week. <laughs> the commission. <laughs> the commission. It's always it's always the best when the commission's on the bottom. Yes, I, I did uh, lose last week to someone who shall not be named, and um, because of that, James uh, leaped ahead of me, and I am down to ninth place, which is good times. You know, I like how. Hold on, let's see literally you're below him by because of 20 points yeah probably <laughs> we're both <laughs> atrocious yo cooper cup has been the worst fucking player this year like probably went high in a lot of fantasy drafts since being hurt like the guy just isn't catching balls or scoring points he's not doing anything so i like that's probably where my my whole team went wrong from there and then apparently you know the three tight end strategy i'm not i'm not going to lie good chance like the dude earlier this year i don't know why he put justin tucker on waivers and dropped them yeah i saw that earlier this year i was like i don't need a kicker but that was strange i'll tell so you I, I, gra- I grabbed them because i was floating kickers and i was like he's gonna be guaranteed like 10 points every week i should have taken the chicago kicker the monday this monday night this man had four field goals to win the game <laughs> oh, dude, well it's better than the guy they had what like dude they won 12 nine the double doink and <laughs> the double doink if anyone wants lamar jackson you can have him though i'm uh, i think i'm just about done with lamar jackson i think i'm just about done with literally anyone on the green bay running back side of things um, so i think here's i'm done my... with nakua i think i'm done with uh what's his whole team face derrick henry can go fuck himself because every time he's on my bench <laughs> he scores 20 points and when he's in the, <laughs> in the lineup he'll he'll score two i'm like okay cool man here's okay so here's the thing that i don't like about fantasy football it's not reflective of actual football whatsoever. Oh, and I, I think no. I've just learned that this year. Like, you can have incredible core. And that's why playing fantasy with guys who are football fans and not fantasy football fans are two completely different things, right? Because if you're a football fan, you're like, oh, fuck, Lamar Jackson. I mean, and I'm not saying you picked him because you're a fan. You picked him because you're a Ravens guy and, you know, but the guy has done nothing, but he wins games, right? He's a great well, quarterback. If you look but he's at the score standings points. in the NFL, right? You look at the standings in the NFL, 
the Baltimore Ravens have the second best record in the fucking league. So and like Lamar's you can imagine. Nothing. So you're, if you're looking at the best team in the league, is the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And yep. Jalen Hurts is their quarterback, and he's yep. going to score you 35 points in the second half of a game. Not even the first half. The first half he took off, and he scored 35 points in the second half. And then you look at the second best team in the NFL. And they'll yep. say, I'll take their quarterback. He's got to produce points. If Jalen Hurts is putting up 35 points in the second half. Lamar Jackson should be starting. Lamar Jackson absolutely should be putting up some points. No, he put up 14.98 points. 14. <laughs> it was, uh, <clears throat> I looked at it and I was like, you know what? I'm 20 points ahead. Uh, Lamar could put up, you know, like 20, 22 points. And if Tucker just puts up five points, I'm pretty good. And then I saw Lamar's line and the dude does not a lot fantasy numbers wise ever. Like he's not, which is weird for a guy who's known for being one of the best running quarterbacks in the game. He doesn't ever really produce in terms of fantasy points for, you know, his ability. It's weird. There's been a couple times this year where he's been good. Like he's been in the top five of quarterbacks. In terms of points, one, two, three, four weeks of the season so far, which isn't great, but like at the same time, like there's four weeks there where right. he would have won you the week, right? But then, so, but then I have like Jordan Love in one league or Justin Herbert, and these guys can't win games, and they score like 20, 25 points on average. That's the thing, because yeah. it's, it's it's game scripts sometimes, right? Like with the Ravens, where they're up and their defense is good, they just run the ball, they shut it down, then, yeah. Yeah, and then if if you're a quarterback that's always losing, you're just airing the ball out. You may get, you know, two or three interceptions, but you're gonna score five touchdowns at five hundred yards because you're just trying to bomb the, <laughs> right. the ball down the field. So it's just uh, I mean, that's well, my favorite thing when I'm picking anytime touchdown scores is if the team goes down two touchdowns, I'm like, Yes. Here we go. <laughs> They're gonna start how come chuck them football to these guys. Yeah. Well, we're gonna talk a lot about football today. We're gonna talk about, of course, our uh week twelve recap. We're gonna talk about our picks for Week 13, we're also going to talk about John Klingberg. We're going to talk about Pizza Pizza, Corey Perry, Patrick Kane, Josh Giddy, and the man that everyone's talking about, CM Punk. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But first, uh, we need to discuss what's been going on in our lives. I have like a few things on the list that I think we need to talk about. Um, Maddie, we'll start with you, though, because I feel like James is going to have something similar that I want to talk about as well. But maybe not. I could be making that up. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what I did this weekend. Honestly, I didn't really do anything. Okay. Like, it's it's scary. Nothing. Eh. Well, because like Friday night, it's uh, by the end of the week, I'm just too tired. I just want to go to sleep. And then Saturday, um, just went and saw my dad, hung out, brought the kid over there, you know, got to see him. Dude, and... she's fucking walking now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My kid's taking steps now. She. <laughs> That's pretty big. It's like, I, nothing's happening. No, because like, I mean, I guess because like, she's doing it so much now, like she gets to the point where that's all she wants to do. So I'm just like, oh, stop. It was fun. Like the first day you did it. Now it's just annoying. And then they so... start running. Yeah, so she um 
yeah so she's like taking her first steps and then when we were all at my dad's like jim was there and my niece and dad and stepmom and we're all sitting there and she's doing it and then we're all clapping and she's all proud of herself so she just turns around and starts smiling at everyone and because she's so proud that you know she's walking and everyone's clapping for her so that's pretty cool um what else and then sunday my wife did book club so i just sat around and watched football it was great question though no uh, friday was black friday oh okay i didn't know if we were gonna get into this now or if we were gonna wait but man i did damage on black friday it was not good yeah i, I bought a few things what did you get mostly clothes and everyone's christmas gifts mm. but like i bought i found um and thank god he doesn't listen to this so it doesn't matter i got my dad golf shoes they're 300 golf shoes the adidas tour 360s for a hundred bucks i'm gonna have to google the adidas tour 360s now they're very nice shoes like very nice I, they just showed up today i took them out of the box first thing i said to my wife is like fuck i should have bought a pair <laughs> like they look comfortable they're one of the most highly rated comfortable golf shoe you will get james do you have these shoes no i don't oh, no okay. they look similar to something you wore recently oh no, i wore he, i wore my brother's old nike what were um, they the fuck do I know? <laughs> Air Max 90 Golfs. And they're not old. They're the Air Max 90 Golf Lobsters that sold out in, used. in 10 minutes that I wore once. And then I asked him if he wanted to try them and wear them. He's like, yeah, sure. And then said he liked them. They're very rare. And yeah, you didn't like them, yeah. though. It's not that I didn't like them. It's just... So because I have such a... Okay. I have a really, really high swing speed. Like, really high swing speed. And those shoes in a high swing speed are not comfortable. Like, because they're kind of wide. So your foot slides a little bit in them, like back and forth. So I want something that's more snug, which those aren't. So, yeah. I, I have uh, wide ass feet. Like, fucking, I have to take a ring back to Mordor. So <laughs> they're perfect for me. Yeah. Like, so, like, it's a little bit of a wider uh, foot base. So, um, I've tried the Nike Tour G's, which are nice, but they're like soft spikes. Um, I may try. I wear sometimes Ultra Boosts, just non-golf Ultra Boosts. You know, if I'm just dicking around, and they're actually pretty comfortable out there. So I may Ultra try those. Where it's at, man. I I have like ten pairs of Ultra Boost shoes. So good. Yeah. So I'm tempted to get the Ultra Boost golf shoes. Um, I should have got them on Black Friday because they were on sale for sixty percent off, but. I remember one time I was wearing my, I don't think they're ultra boost, but they were Adidas boost. Yeah. And I was wearing them to a wrestling show and Andy Williams was also wearing them like the exact same shoes. And I was like, I wear the same shoes as a rock star. I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Well, that's the thing. The boost that they put into most of their shoes now is one of the most comfortable things you wear. It's when I travel, it is the shoe that I wear because, you know, obviously a lot of walking and stuff like that. So, yeah, anyway, I bought um, I bought those for my dad for for Christmas and then um, bought a bunch of stuff for myself. Got Jim his Christmas gifts. Um, essentially just have my wife left to buy for her. All right, so what's not smart 
is something we've talked about for a long time doing is like, you know, we really should have some sort of built-in redundancy where we don't just record <laughs> like off one computer. We probably should have me recording it as well and or Maddie recording it. Or we've also had suggestions by people to also record the show live on Twitch, which I think would be fun. Should and if anyone wants yeah, like I think that'd be cool and we could we probably could figure it out pretty easily. Like and how in that to way just rip people, the audio. Well, yeah. So in that way, people could also be in the chat and throw in their suggestions or questions or whatever. Because there's plenty of times where people have said like, hey, I would love to listen to the show live. Anyways, what I'm trying to get to is we recorded like an hour of this episode that's already been like it's gone. gone. So it's gone. Gonzo. And it's gone. Fuck it. We're doing it live. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So whatever. Um, the, the things that we talked about were like, we can talk about any time. Like it can was we do like a quick rundown. Um, leaves or milk. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> what else? Okay. So we've, we've determined on this show in the recording that didn't happen that Matt Reif is not funny. Yep. Um, we've determined that Sonny, um, we all loved, but now is, you know, a criminal and in jail for 17 years. And oh wait, that deserves I, the, oh, there yep. it is. We've also determined that John Klingberg on long-term major reserve is something that I predicted last week. And may never play again, sadly. Like, you don't want to see dude's career end, but hips, man. Hips and don't he, Wait, quickly. Let's uh, Now, we got a little bit of time to jump back into this because I didn't. I want to say something, but we'd move past <clears> it. <throat> a lot of people on Twitter are like, why did they do that? Like, dude, you took a flyer on a guy, and if it works out, great. If it doesn't, you're rich enough as fuck just to pay the man to sit down. Right. Exactly. Like it was a no fail situation for the Leafs. If you think about it from their perspective, either they're getting a really offensively talented defenseman or they're getting cap space. <laughs> like I also heard some people suggesting that like, and I guess this came up because the Leafs were playing Pittsburgh, but the suggestion was Kyle Dubas would never have signed John Klingberg. Oh, bullshit. I, like, I guess not. Like how the fuck would you know that? <laughs> you have Cody CC four and a half million or something. What yeah. The fuck right. Off? And, and same with just, he kept extending Justin Hall and forcing him into the lineup. So no, he would have gone after Klingberg. Stop it. So yeah, that's I don't know, man. And actually, I don't think I added it to the rundown. We probably should at least mention Shohei Otani just in case that news breaks. At some actually, point. it did. There's a bunch of stuff. Just like Atkins made some comments, and I was reading that when I noticed that the recording stopped. So we should actually touch on that if you want to do that next. Keep it open on another window just in case. So you I am. Watch. That's what I'm doing. I have it open now. So. <laughs> Um, okay, so maybe we'll uh, circle back to that as well. Uh, the other thing that we learned, uh, the Maple Leafs have a new helmet sponsor. It's Pizza Pizza. And I think I can speak for everyone on this show that Pizza Pizza is the worst pizza available. It's the worst, but it's the most dependable. Like, don't yeah. do not do that. Like, like, at the end of the day, it's 2, 2 a.m. See, he knows. He, we both said 2 in the morning. <laughs> we know Pizza Pizza Garlic dip, let's go. Chicken bites. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I agree to a certain extent because there was times when I was working in a restaurant and I'd be done work at, you know, 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock or whatever, and you don't want to bother the kitchen to make you food because they've already shut everything down. So you're hungry, and you look across the street and you're like, oh, there's pizza pizza over there. And Lights look. on bright as fucking heaven, dude. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, because it's the only thing that's fucking open. Is it good pizza? Absolutely not. No, no, no. But even terrible pizza it, is better good than 90 of other foods. Yeah, it's good in a situation. What I will say about Pizza Pizza 
I don't know if they invented this. I doubt they did. But they seem to have the largest breadth of available dipping sauces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a lot. That, that jalapeno cheddar, it's real good. Sriracha, the sriracha creamy garlic for me. Mm. So I would almost suggest that if you've never had pizza pizza before, like you're an American coming to Canada for the first time, how many times, James, have we picked up a wrestler at the airport? And they're like, oh, it's the first time I've ever been to Canada. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I guess we're going to Tim Hortons and getting you a double-double. Like, you know, like you have to kind of... Right. I feel like you should at least get some dipping sauce from Pizza Pizza. <laughs> like that's I was like going to say, just a list of things. That's the go to, go to Pizza Nova or like something like that. Grab the slice and be like, we have to stop Pizza Pizza and you explain to them why. Because dipping sauces are fantastic. Pizza is mediocre at best. But, you know. I don't know if we need to spend too much time on this Maple Leafs thing. I think we should move on. Because I, I don't know if there's a whole lot more we can say no. about. Do you know what? Do the ad read again. Okay, so the ad <laughs> read was fun because basically what I was getting at was that the Maple Leafs have problems, and they need to solve these problems. Obviously, because they have five regulation wins, the same amount as the San Jose Sharks do. That's bad. A great way to fix that is by putting the uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the fourth line. Because then you have, I don't know which of the th- the four, like three, which three of the four would be on your uh, fourth well, line. Leonardo, Leonardo for leadership, Raph for grit, the yeah, Raph for grit, and then Donatello for his brain. We don't need any more jagoffs. So you're you're taking Mikey out, <laughs> but he's yeah. spoiler. Actually, like the no, I'm putting Mikey in because I think Mikey's got character. Donatello's the analytics guy, and. Yeah, we fucking had enough of that. I was gonna say, Mikey's the last Ronin, man. Don't. That's don't. true. Mikey is the last Ronin. I also think. Okay, so it depends. If I offer Mikey some pizza and he says pizza, pizza, he's out. But I, I don't think that Mikey would be that. Like, I think he knows. I think pizza they eat well pizza, enough. To be honest, I think those dudes mm. would eat pizza pockets if you put it in front of them. Yo, don't put respect on the pizza pockets. Anyway. The reason why I'm bringing up the Ninja Turtles, because this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. Sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. And that order could be some Ninja Turtle prints, which is up on their website under like the new release stuff. Go check it out. It's really cool. And check them out. This weekend at the New Market Comic Con. Which is happening December 3rd. 3rd, December 3rd, yes. So pretty cool. More Comic Cons showing up. I'm all for it. Something else that came up today was uh, quite the story. Actually, like this story kind of broke a couple days ago, actually, where Corey Perry was all of a sudden just told, go home and we'll figure this out later, essentially. And there was a lot of questions as to what was going on with Corey Perry with the Chicago Blackhawks. It's not like the Blackhawks are a good team. Like you, you figure you'd want Corey Perry around to help you win games. 
Uh, I'm not sure if the actual <laughs> objective for the Blackhawks right now is to win hockey games, but they're not doing as poorly as some people ex- expected they would. Nevertheless, uh, Corey Perry was told to go home and there'd be an investigation of what was going on. Now, in that time, I think it's all kind of started maybe Sunday night or Monday morning. There was some rumors swirling around on Twitter. And they're ridiculous rumors. It's funny to think about. <laughs> like I, I think everyone who heard it had a laugh and thought, well, that's fucked up. But obviously, no one has been told thus far exactly what the situation was with Corey Perry. We don't know exactly what happened. We do know that the Chicago Blackhawks made a statement today. And the statement is, after an internal investigation, the Chicago Blackhawks have determined that Corey Perry has engaged in conduct that is unacceptable and in violation of both in terms of his standard player's contract and the Blackhawks' internal policies intended to promote professional and safe work environments. As such, Corey Perry has been placed on unconditional waivers. In the event Mr. Perry clears waivers, we intend to terminate his contract effective immediately. Whoa. Um, Corey Perry, uh, what I think is worth noting, he has a $4 million cap hit. However, $2 million was signing bonus. So his salary is only $2 million this season. So anyone looking to claim Corey Perry, because he's on unconditional waivers, he every team has an opportunity to claim Corey Perry and add him to their roster. I don't know if you don't want to based on you know how that sounds. But if they do, the cap it will be high, but the actual money owed to him will, will be relatively low. All of that happening now, and there still isn't confirmation of exactly what the hell happened. And the speculation of the rumor that happened the day before just kept building because now people thought the releasing of Corey Perry was confirmation of the rumors that we had heard the day before, which is, I feel like saying, um, I don't know, my, my kettle is boiling. Therefore it's keeping the dinosaurs away. It's like, well, these are two independent things. Like, we don't know if any of these things are contributing to one another. We do know that something happened, obviously. And it's not as though I would say it's beneath the Chicago Blackhawks to keep something under wraps. I'm just saying that. (laughs) But the noise got so loud on social media that general manager Kyle Davidson had to come out and say something. Because again, if they weren't saying anything, people were assuming that it was the rumor. Which I will say, if they don't say, or if they're like, we can't talk about it, and that's all that's said, it kind of lends to truth a little bit. Right. Or it's it's at least going to perpetuate. Like the fact that it took them 48 hours for this, right? And I'm of two schools of thought here. One, where the fuck was this in 2010? Right. Right? You know, like, where was this fucking attitude? No, and then number two, it's entirely possible what he's done is not as bad as they've outlined, but they know they have to put on the show because of what happened in 2010. Or it could be significantly worse than what it is. Yeah, also true, right? Like, and because now we're getting into speculation. And I don't want to do that. No, I mean, maybe I'll, he asked I for will... everyone's phones so he could look at. <laughs> 
But um, I also want to I also want to bring up the fact that um and don't worry about that. That's Windows telling me for an update. Um <laughs> I also want to bring up I the fact tens. that in the early 2000s the Maple Leafs had some rumors and a guy was sent home from the Maple Leafs. And those rumors were never denied and in fact they were actually pretty much corroborated by most people in and around that situation involving one Shane Corson. So <laughs> all I'm saying is with people saying hey, these are disgusting and like here, I'll say it. Like fucking Frank Saravalli needs to sit the fuck down because this guy's out here, but it's fucking disgusting. Like, dude, what are you, what are you, his dad? Like, like, like either you're a journalist or you're not like either you're reporting what's happening mm. or you're on the Chicago Blackhawks PR team. Hmm. Okay. Um, let's put a pin in that because I want to come back to that. R- remind me of the journalistic thing. So when, okay. sorry, when we get to CM Punk. Yeah. Remind me about of Frank Saravalli. And, and, and journalism in general. That's all yeah. I, I want to just. Yeah. But yeah, so, I just, I don't think you can sit there and say these rumors are disgusting. Like, dude, what, what if. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. One more thing. Let me just get the statement out from general sure. manager Kyle Davidson. Kyle Davidson had to make a statement today and he says this, and by this I mean he means the investigation and the uh, situation. This does not involve any player or their families. And anyone that suggests otherwise is wildly inaccurate and it's frankly disgusting. So that is from the general manager himself uh, referencing what the situation is. So anyway, sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was going to say, and also, if I'm the person on the other end of that and you're calling it disgusting, I'm like, what? Why would that be disgusting? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think more situationally. But um, I he so it also came out when they first pulled Perry that he said he spoke to the team. The players have no knowledge of the details of any incident that occurred. So, I mean, that was the initial kind of reporter aspect of it. But one, I think good on Davidson for coming out and doing that one strictly to protect people, because as rampant as this, the rumor only came out yesterday. And look how quickly that shit gained traction. So good on him to come out to kind of protect everyone involved, especially considering who it involves, that future face of this league. Um, that I, I think it's one right to have been done and two needed to be done. Um, the other thing too is is it's with everything that typically gets swept under the rug in pro sports you kind of worry what something like this is right. And I know, as you mentioned that it's because it's Chicago, maybe there's more scrutiny that lighter things have to be punished more swiftly and vigorously than other teams may have, um, where they may just say he's stepping away from the team for a little bit or whatever, but it, yeah, it's not good, especially considering the shit that came out with Lucic last week as well. Right. So but that's that's the crazy thing, though. Like the Lucic thing. We, we know. know what happened. We know exactly Well, because there happened. was a police report filed. Right. So you sure. were going to know domain. anyway with yeah. this. So I don't it know, just man. makes you wonder of like you can speculate like we can speculate. And yeah. one, is it fair of us to sure? No. Is it well, right of us to not really? I think it's one you of know? those things like it's not like the situation breeds itself for that even though it's not our right to know like we don't have a right to know 
we have well the thing is people need to know to a certain degree because if he's going to be put on waivers i think 29 or 29 is it just 30, 30 31, 31 32 teams 32 the 31, 31 other teams in the nhl need to know what the fuck they're getting into this is a whole another situation like you know, trading a guy who has a no trade clause. <laughs> yes, like, but does the, N- does the NHL they, have classified documents? I think I, they would have had to tell the NHL what happened. I think, yeah. So, it, because we can say, you know what? What if it was something that I don't even want to say anything specific, but like, what if it wasn't that bad and he could join another? That's what team? I'm saying. Like, yeah, right. And then if it is something like who, like it could be Maybe fucking anything. Did a bunch of coke off a stripper's ass, and they were like, eh, like you don't like. Yeah, don't they'd right. have to get rid of half the league. But well, <laughs> I was going to say, like, there's plenty of guys on the Maple Leafs who are doing coke. Um, I don't know about currently, but we've heard stories oh, of yeah. previous players, right? Same so with the Kings. What what I'm suggesting is, we were talking earlier about the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I jokingly said, "Is Corey Perry going to be?" I guess that didn't make the recording, but like. I can say it now, jokingly, Corey Perry could also help the Toronto Maple Leafs. Half jokingly saying that because we don't know what he did. So if we're looking at a guy who, you know, again, the Maple Leafs cleared about $4 million in cap space with John Klingberg, if he does end up going on long-term injury reserve, assuming he's not, assuming he's missing the rest of the year, they have that extra money. Corey Perry, $2 million already paid to him. So there's, it's a low risk in terms financially and I don't want to play Corey Perry in the playoffs. No, if you'll, you, you'll it's know one of those situations where you'll know he's the severity. Our yeah, you'll know the severity if he gets picked up or not. If he doesn't get picked up, uh, no, it's it's not even that. You let him go through waivers, then you negotiate a new contract with him. Say, look, this is the shit you're in. You want to come play? It's one and a half million. Oh, not even. It, it could be less because he's still going to get paid. Would he still get paid? He probably yeah, he got, well, he got the two million bonus. He got the two million yeah. bonus, so yeah. the remainder salary. No, that's true too. Um, if he stays unsigned, then you'll know. Yeah. Yeah, if he give him a prorated seven hundred thousand dollar contract, right? But as Jim said, like, if he stays unsigned, it's pretty bad because teams are willing to eat a fair bit of shit to sign someone they and think do, will help them. Yeah, and look at Montreal. To, and uh, yeah, I was gonna say teams have done have taken flyers on players that they shouldn't. You know, a Banner Kane's on a team right now. There you go. All that right. shit that went on there, or but again, a lot of that was alleged, and he said, she said. Right. This is probably something they there because there was an incident, something clearly happened that they know about and that has been corroborated and verified to some degree, whether oh, yeah. it there was, was an investigation and they said, yeah, you're done. So but it may not be legally like in terms of police or anyone like that. It doesn't it sound may, like that. No, no. So then the, again, without speculating you would think that it's you know something that's willing to say they could have gone to perry and said like look this is something that's bad yes and probably could have taken care of but we're under the gun and we're being watched like hawks no pun intended so Uh, we have to be very careful here like we can't we can't do this yeah so before I was going to go right to basketball next, uh, I feel like the Corey Perry to Josh Giddy story might be a little too on the nose. So <laughs> let's, <To> the other <laughs> way. let's pivot to baseball because there's a couple things happening right now. And I just think it's not happening for the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay. Um, the first thing is the elephant in the room, the elephant of free agency and 
professional baseball right now is Shohei Otani. He is, I think, firmly the best baseball player we will ever see in our lifetime. And that's not even hyperbole. Like, he is going to be one of the greatest players to ever play this game. He already is. He just needs to continue his pace that he's going. And allegedly, the teams who are in the in the running to acquire the services of Shohei Otani this coming season is the World Series champions, Texas Rangers, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Toronto Blue Jays. Look, there was this guy on Twitter earlier this week, and he, he had a tweet that said, sources, big capital letters, sources, the Blue Jays are very engaged in discussions with Shohei Otani. And I responded to that tweet saying, sources, I'm very interested in having discussions with Anna Kendrick. You know, like <laughs> both those things can be true of you're just saying sources. If you don't like actually tell me who your source is, if you don't say like or you're already reputable for knowing shit, right? Like it's all words. It's nonsense. And I feel like that's the world we're living in right now with journalism is that people just make shit up and it, 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 go, it goes to the same Corey Perry story. Well, uh, people just stay in shit on uh, Twitter and people thinking it's true. I know you say that, but is Jeff Passan uh -huh. nobody? So that's the thing. I'm not suggesting that the Blue Jays aren't dipping their toe in the water of Shohei Otani. But I think to suggest in any way that the Blue Jays have a legitimate shot to land this guy is a joke. It's not going to happen. Dude, yes. I don't know. This is did what's, you, this is what's you, happening. But did you, see, did you see Atkins' comments today? So I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. If you're, if you're talking about the, uh, the Juan Soto stuff. No, I'm talking about how he frames up Toronto as a destination for Otani. He talks about the city those. being diverse. He talks okay. about ownership willing to spend like sure there and and maybe he's framing it up so that if it doesn't happen he's like well we, we were right in there and so like the, they the don't most, look like jabronis but uh, an organization willing to spend the most money they've ever spent is on george springer for sure but and they haven't had this in front of them as well no fine they're renovating but, a building they're 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 pushing which the blue is costing them money which, uh, <laughs> okay. which they need to bring back sure and how are you going to bring that back? They can bring it back just by running back the exact same team. I don't so, think listen, so. Listen, this is, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm getting at here. Okay, you go. I think the Blue Jays are in this discussion for no other reason than to drive up the price for the Dodgers or the Rangers or whomever ends up eventually landing the big fish. The Blue Jays are there for them to say, Oh look, the Blue Jays are going to give me four hundred and fifty million. If you guys up it to five hundred million, then I'll sign with you guys. And then they go back to the Blue Jays and say, "Hey, look, the the Dodgers are giving us five. Can you can you match that?" And the Blue Jays say, "Yeah, you know what? We're going to make some calls and we're going to get you five five hundred twenty five million. Okay, great." And then they go to the Rangers. You see what I'm saying? Like they're just using the Blue Jays to up the price for Shohei Otani. That's my thought on that. So you think? 
they're going to the Jays to try and bait the other teams into. And by the way, sorry, Maddie had to step out, so we're gonna finish off as a duo. Um, you think they're baiting the other teams into, like, with a, a story that the Jays are serious? There's, it's like I don't. It's just okay. When it comes down to it, I think there's just too many hurdles financially for the Blue Jays. In what? Like I said, they have not given any more money than they've given George Springer. And that was like twisting their fucking arm. Okay, right. Counterpoint. That money. They've never had a player like Shohei Otani sitting in front of them. Fine. But they're going to have to triple that money. Okay. So if they had to, if they were squealing like a pig under a gate to give George Springer that much money, now tell them to double it. Counterpoint. It's going to be. George Springer was never MVP of the American League. I understand. And never a Scion. And also consider the Canadian dollars in the shitter right now. So everything, regardless of who they sign or whatever, every single financial transaction they make is going to suck. So especially on that level, $500 million, whatever it is, it's But they get paid in US dollars. They don't get 500 Canadian. But they're earning Canadian dollars, what I'm saying. So the company itself is a Canadian company, and they're paying players in American dollars. So every player they pay they're paying a tax on for being here in canada yeah i don't think not that's to mention big, i don't think it's that big of a deal for rogers it's still extra money yeah and it's extra uh, money for the most expensive player they'll ever have to sign ever. and you're gonna you're gonna double ticket prices and you're gonna sell quadrillion jerseys across the nation your it's advertising rates are gonna go up like i don't know man i'm not saying listen i'm a toronto sports fan we do this all the time with everybody so I'm yes. not saying it's going to. What I'm saying is I'm going to pretend like it's not and then be happily surprised if it does. Like that's – but I find it interesting that Atkins is framing the argument in in a very specific way. And I, I know you have some of it up there, but he was very – I don't know. It, it sounds like very intent. And, and listen, the Jays have to do something. They already said they're they're prepared to do something big. And I know people are talking about, you know, the, the Juan Soto Blue Jays thing, his link has been there since he was on, you know, the Nationals. Um, and it's come up again with the Padres because apparently the Padres had to borrow a bajillion dollars just to pay their players. Like, yeah. They're in trouble. Um, and they're and not supposedly winning. it's Soto is going to play somewhere else next year. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Right. So... You know, we have a spot in left field. Juan Soto can play left field. We have a need for power. Juan Soto can hit for power. We have a need for a left-handed bat that power. Soto hits left-handed. So so, so here's the thing. From my understanding, the Padres are looking for pitching. Sounds you know, like an Alec Manoa deal. <laughs> Blue Jays have Alec Manoa. Um, I don't know if that's enough to get it done. Probably not. I think they might want... Uh, someone who can pitch now and then maybe you can frame it as Manoa can pitch now and then you look deeper into double A AA and triple A and say all right well we also have this this and this and maybe there is a, a deal to be made there I just hope it doesn't start with Ricky Tiedemann and right. I think that would be a big mistake but there's also a lot of talk of the Blue Jays are fielding calls on Bichette and Guerrero trading them Here's, here's what I want to say about that. If someone calls me right now and says, hey, we have a deal on socks at Mark's Work Warehouse. Technically, I'm fielding calls on socks. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't mean I'm going to go buy those socks. So just because teams are calling and inquiring about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette doesn't mean that those guys are even going to be remotely yeah. traded. Now, I mean, the big I, rumor is the Dodgers, right? For of Bichette. acquiring one of those two? Well, Bichette it was, specifically. Was it the Dodgers? No, it was the, it was the Astros. Where supposedly it was uh, Bregman being thrown in there for Bichette. Oh, I thought I heard the Dodgers had interest in Bichette. Um, I don't... I think it was also Mets too. I think there was also like someone saying the Mets and they were putting up a whole, I think it was on MLB network. They put up a bunch of graphics of like, here's what potential trades could look like. I think it was the Mets who were inquiring about allegedly. Like, so this is just probably that's the thing. But like the Jays have been set up now because they said, we got, we're going to do something big. Well, a define big. And like the big things that they have are Bichette, Vladdy and a potential Otani signing or a Soto trade bringing in, right? Like, though, that's big. I mean, outside of that, if you sign <laughs> I don't know, Julio Franco, like, it's not like and Julio Franco doesn't play baseball anymore. Um, like, that's not big, right? If you bring it, if you, if you manage to keep Whit Merrifield, that's not big. So when you say big, like, how big is big? And, and you're kind of setting yourself up for these kind of expectations or speculation because – those are the only things that are defined as even close to big around this ball club, right? So, I don't know, man. I think I don't know what this team needs anymore. I don't. We they need left-handed bats. We get left-handed bats. Left-handed bats stink. We need run defense. We're one of the better run defenses in the league. We can't make it fucking out of the fucking first round of the playoffs. Like. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's gonna be some. Although, listen, uh, apparently Atkins did commit to Bichette at shortstop. Now I know fucking as, sports executives. As I expect he would. Yeah. Well, no, it's just you're not gonna find a better guy than Bichette right now at the price that you're at the price of the Blue Jays are paying Bo Bichette. Well, it depends. Are you provides. trading? Are you trading interior production for outfield production? Like you might not find. A better person than Bichette, but like, are you moving pieces so that you can bring in a Soto, right? Like, and are you giving up, are you giving that up to get something? That's what I'm. I don't know, you know. I don't. I don't see how that helps because essentially what you're doing, you're creating an offensive hole of where Bichette was. Now you're going to gain offense with Soto. I get that, but it's not going to. It's it's not going to be a significant upgrade if you're able to bring in Soto while still having Bo Bichette then I can see that being a significant upgrade to your team. So I think if there is a world where Juan Soto gets traded to the Toronto Blue Jays, I think it's going to have to be minor league pitching that gets it done. So that way you can actually add to the major league roster. If you're going to be removing offense from the major league roster, I don't, I don't think it makes much sense for right. the Blue Jays. Um, we probably should touch on this. And this is something that came up last week. And I'll be honest with you, I had no idea who Josh Giddy was until this story came up. Uh, you guys posted it in the Discord of like, uh-oh, you hear about Josh Giddy? I'm like, I don't know who that is. So I had to look it up. Uh, plays for OKC, apparently. Cool. And there was a number of social media posts that is 100% Josh Giddy. I don't think there's any question of whether it's him or not. Like He's in these videos and in these pictures. Uh, socializing with a woman 
the question is, is it a woman or is it a girl? And um, that's the question that a lot of... (laughs) That's the question a lot of people That's are having. That's a special right victims now. unit version. <laughs> and it's it's a touchy one because you know, we saw a similar situation in terms of allegations with Wander Franco and the Tampa Bay Rays. We saw that this season. And when the allegations came out to Wander Franco, the Rays immediately took him out of the lineup and placed him on administrative leave. And I, he didn't play for the rest of the season. And I don't know if the Rays have any plans to have Wander Franco in their lineup this coming season or any season going forward. Now, little different because there was multiple allegations of multiple um, girls, we'll say. Josh Giddy, however, while these allegations are out there, still in the starting lineup. Uh, that video I sent to you the other day of him literally in the starting lineup and being announced in the starting lineup and the, the home crowd just, you know, reacts the way they always do. They cheer their hometown players. Just looked a little bad. A little off center. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear, like, doing an investigation into this woman, like, people have determined she is not old <laughs> she's not very old at all um so to be so sorry to be clear allegedly this girl is um in high school 16 17 ish um right. you know she's has a tiktok uh, you can find it like i guess what they've done is they find out who she is and where she goes to high school right like that's that's kind of how they determined it now i don't know how old josh giddy is i was literally just looking that up he's 21 years old I mean, if that's the thing. So let's hypothetically say that there was a time where he was seven. So if, if, if she is 17 now, he's four years older, there could have been a time where he was 17 and she would No, It still doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm trying to like place them in the same high school. Like she's in grade nine, he's in grade 12 and they're both under 18 and it's, and now they've just gotten older. And, you know, like now he's crossed the line into adulthood and she's still. uh, And again, allegedly, I don't know if any of this ever happened. Um, But I still can't really give him the benefit of that doubt because. Well, he'd have to be 20 20 and 16, right? Like that's it, you know? And I mean, there there are times. Hold on, on, let me clarify. The 20 and 16 you're talking about is if we could plausibly believe that at some point it would have been reasonable for them to be in a relationship as teenagers together yeah and i but but 20 is the closest you're gonna get right because if she's currently 16 fuck man it still doesn't i still don't like it it's like the numbers i know i'm just thinking like when i was in high school like in my last year of high school i was i think i I was 19 right 19 last year of high school yeah i did a victory lap i did a victory lap yeah okay well i i think i was 17 and I, and like, I, I, I was, was turning, I was turning eighteen the following. I don't oh, fuck. I don't remember, man. I was nineteen, and I had a girlfriend who was seventeen. But like, I assume that was originally. Uh, I still, I still don't think that's right. <laughs> but well, but that's what I mean. It's two years though. So at twenty one, right? Exactly. It's it's, and we we went to high school together. 
Yep. Right? So, like, that's... And I understand that. Like, it's weird, right? It's a weird thing. Like, when you're 18, you is 18 dating a 16-year-old okay? I mean, that's the problem. It's, it's the weird, right? that we're It just sounds at. weird. Yes. But here's the thing. This guy's a grown man like, at 21... I, I, He's not in high school. I think that's the issue. I think that's probably as a society where we draw the line of like you, if you're still in high school and you're dating a high school girl, that seems appropriate. But once you leave high school, I mean, sort of, I mean, if you're in fucking OAC and you're dating a grade nine, that's a little different. Well, I know exactly. That's a good point. That's not what I meant, but you're right. Um, it's but weird how there's like, I'm not man. saying it's weird, but in weird, I'm not saying it's weird that in it's wrong. I'm saying it's weird how specific we can apply certain parameters and that it yes. at least optically becomes okay. Like no one ever said anything to me about dating the girl I was dating because it, it didn't seem odd because we went to the same school. We hung out, right? Like, right. but had she had been, you know, a year younger, that might be weird. Actually, it would have been weird. But I think what we're both trying to get at here is that once you're out of high school and you're making a lot of money and you're a professional, you're a grown ass man, essentially 21 years old. I think also I was going to look at this from a Canadian perspective of like, once you're 19, you can start drinking. But in the U.S., it's even more pronounced because you're, you're 21 when you start drinking. And you're hanging out with, allegedly hanging out with teenagers. Yeah. Seems odd. Yeah. I, to me, it's also the weird thing that this guy gets celebrated. Um, and Wander Franco is... Now, no one ever found out the ages of the people Wander Franco was allegedly with. I mean, it's pretty clear as day based on this woman's TikTok and high school, all stuff, how old she is. So I just find it odd that it gets celebrated in this manner rather than, and it's already seemed to have disappeared, right? Like it's already out of the conversation, which is fucking wild to me. So there was an article from TMZ a couple hours ago saying that Josh Giddy is subject of police investigation over oh. a potential underage. Never mind. Um, relationship. So there is a police investigation currently going. Um, the Toronto sun is reporting that he potentially could lose $40 million in a sponsorship deal. Oof. So there's going to likely be some ripple effects here. Uh, Listen, if you are a young player in the NBA or any professional athlete and you all of a sudden are making a lot of money and all of a sudden you're very popular with the women, those two things tend to go hand in hand sometimes. (laughs) All of a sudden you're rich and all of a sudden there's a lot of girls on you. Um, I like it happened to Kobe in terms of like where he had that situation with like consent and whatever, right? I feel like every athlete needs to have this ingrained in them of like you need to fucking be a bouncer at the door of like ID, please. Dude, okay, just two pieces of ID. But <laughs> like, also you're you rich, need to just... be sure, 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 sure. But whether it's John Moran or anyone, just you're rich. Take your money and sit down. Buy a big TV. Buy a jet. Like, just shut the fuck up. Stop doing dumb shit. Be sure of everything. You have money. Go to bed. You know what I mean? Just go to bed. 
Stop going to clubs. Stop fucking hanging out with minors. Stop playing with guns. Take your money. Get a big ass house. Go to bed. Like I don't I agree. I yeah, it's it's strange to see. Um I think Should, very quickly, Maddie Maddie was gonna talk wanna, about this, but I I, I, wanna, I was gonna say you wanna touch on punk because Maddie would not have and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um you know what? We have our NFL picks to go through. Here's a couple things I want to throw at you. We'll we'll fly through the NFL. Uh one thing I do want to mention is that again, three for three on this show. If you had uh, placed a bet on our parlay, which I don't recommend you do, do not take our advice as actual real betting advice. If you did, you would have won that parlay like I did. I took the 49ers over the Seahawks, which paid. James took the Titans over the Panthers, which paid. And Maddie took the Rams over the Cardinals, which paid. I know betting against the Panthers and Cardinals is a good idea. But hey, you know what? FanDuel's going to let us do it. I don't, do it. I don't see why we wouldn't do it. Like if if you can come away making some cash, I, I think you let that train keep rolling as long as you can. That said, before Maddie left, he did give us his pick for week thirteen. Maddie is gonna go with the LA Chargers over the Patriots. I believe the words that he said was that the Patriots are hot garbage. So that was a the rationale there. I am uh twelve and zero for the record. I haven't been wrong at all so far this season. But since we are not allowed to take the same team twice, I am in a bit of a pickle. So I am going to go with the Colts over the Titans. I'm not crazy about the pick. The Colts are only, you know, favored by a point and a half right now. They are on the road. But the Titans are like bad. So I feel a little better about that. And then James taking who now? Pittsburgh Steelers over the Cardinals because that was your strategy and now it's mine. James is seeing that my strategy of just betting and Matt Canada's gone idea. to the offense for the Pittsburgh Peng- or Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pittsburgh Steelers looked significantly better without Matt Canada, so we'll see. Parlayed all those together, you make thirteen whole bucks. You put a five dollar bet on it. So you know, it's just tripling okay. your money. If you keep tripling and doubling your money, I mean, again, don't uh, take our advice as real betting advice. FanDuel, if you do want to sponsor us, please uh, get in touch, and we will uh, talk a whole lot more about betting and football, but. We'll just quickly run through some of the highlights of week 12 in the NFL. It all kicked off on Thanksgiving. And I don't know if I told you this, but I made a Thanksgiving parlay of the three games and I won because I was thinking in my head, I don't remember the last time the Lions won on Thanksgiving. There was so some weird thing favorite, about like the moon and stuff. Yes, like I they don't that. win. <laughs> they were like, oh, in 11 or something with a certain type yeah. of moon on Thanksgiving. And they had lost every single one. I'm like, all right, fuck it. Why not? I'll bet on the Packers, even though they're shit against the Lions, even though they're good. And the Lions were at home. But I'm like, yeah, it's Thanksgiving. The Lions have a, a trouble playing on Thanksgiving. And sure enough, the Green Bay Packers came out way with a victory on that. And I was very happy to see that. Then the the afternoon game, or I guess the midday game or whatever it would be, was the the patented Cowboys versus indigenous people, uh, now known as the Commanders. And the Cowboys just smoked them. It was ridiculous. The, the actual headline here, I think, for everyone watching this game was Dolly Parton in the halftime Damn. show. I don't know how old Dolly Parton is, 
but look good. You could kick me off a hockey team for Dolly Parton. We'll move on. And the <laughs> the late game was the 49ers and Seahawks. 49ers are keeping their role going. The Seahawks uh, look in disarray. Yeah, it sucks because they were kind of rolling there pretty good. And looks like Kenneth Walker's gone for a long period of time. And, uh, you know, look, I was happy to see, you know, former New York Jet Geno kind of find a home and dig his feet in. But it's looking pretty rough for the Seahawks the last couple of weeks. Then we had a Black Friday game, which um, doesn't happen often. We can move on. It doesn't happen often in the NFL because they actually... Hmm, There's a rule against it. Yeah, so the game had to happen at 3 o'clock because they are actually not allowed between like the second week in September or the first week in September to the first week in December or second week in December, something like that. From September to December, they're not allowed to have any games in prime time on Friday and Saturday nights, and that's, of course, because of high school and college football happening on those nights. So uh, this game had to happen at 3 o'clock. It was the Dolphins and the Jets, and, of course, the Dolphins just smoked the Jets. But I think when this game was happening, I said to you guys, I don't think Zach Wilson's the problem. No, he's not. It, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that O line is atrocious. Yeah. Um, you know, I was watching the Eagles game, and there were so many times that Hertz had all this time and all this space and all this stuff, you know, to execute whether it's run, pass, whatever. You know, he and and guys were he was comfortable in that pot. Like Zach is never comfortable. Tim Boyle is not comfortable. Like, that O line is basically toilet paper, one ply. Like you, it's like those college banners you run through or high school when you come out to your homecoming game that everybody holds and you rip through it. That's the Jets O line. Like Dwayne Ward's like thirty nine, or whatever his name is. Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Ward was in Blue Jay. <laughs> Dwayne Ward. Oh, I gotta hit that for myself. Where is it? Here it is. It's coming up. I can't find it. I lost it. What? All right. Well, Samsonite. That's uh what you're looking for, wasn't it? Oh. Because I have it named as something different. Samsonite. I was way off. Dwayne Brown is like 40 years old, and he shouldn't be playing O-line. Falcons over the Saints. Uh, it sure. seems as though the Falcons figured out that B. John Robinson's a good player. Uh, what, yeah. what a concept. Give him the ball. Um, incredible. The Steelers over the Bengals. Matt Canada no longer with the Steelers, and all of a sudden they put up 421 yards of offense. <laughs> now, to be fair, the Bengals didn't have Joe Burrow. So, but that has nothing on the Steelers' offense. It's true. other than that they're maybe they're out there more often because you know the Bengals yep. are probably three and out. That's always my argument, but not uh, not a great showing from the Bengals, and they're in trouble in that division, especially the Titans over the Panthers. The Panthers uh, <laughs> abysmal, abysmal to one in ten. They're always zero and six on the road, and they don't have their pick, and they don't. And Bryce Young. They're standing by him. They're saying like it doesn't matter. Like we were the guy's five foot six. Like I don't know how they expect him to throw over people. <laughs> Buccaneers and Colts. Colts uh, got that one in the bag quite easily. Michael Pittman Jr. is uh, is the real deal. Sure. Even though he has Gardner Minshew throwing in the ball, he still managed to get over hundred yards and ten receptions. I like the sound of that. Patriots and Giants was a game that no one wanted to watch. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, then we had Tony Khan's Jaguars defeat the uh, Houston Texans, which I think was an upset, mainly because, I, mainly because I don't believe in the Jaguars. Like 
which is crazy to me that they're they're eight and three, but they're five and zero away. So like all their losses have come at home so far this year. So keep that one in the noggin when uh, betting on the Jaguars this year or betting against them. Something about them playing. Well, it's just like the Cowboys. You want to make money? Take Dak Prescott and all the yards when at home against teams under five hundred. Browns and Broncos. Dude, the, the Broncos are back, man. Broncos have won six in a row, five in a row, whatever. Like, I don't think they're a playoff team, but they are. They're six and five. Like, they might be. Ah, uh, yeah. I guess. I don't know, man. It, Russell Wilson kind of looks like the old Russell Wilson the last couple weeks. Let's ride. And that defense is solid, man. Rams over Cardinals. I think that we all expected to see that. Kyler Murray still looked okay. Yeah. Um, I think there is room for the Cardinals to be a better team in the coming years. It's just, it's not happening this year. Chiefs over the Raiders. I think we all expected that one. The Eagles and Bills. What a game. This was the game to watch this week. And yes, to my dismay, Jalen Hurts put up a shit ton of fantasy points. And I was very upset about this. Um, Josh Allen uh, is, look, he is good, but there are so many times where he makes ridiculous decisions. I don't understand what's happening. Is Jalen Hurts the the best quarterback in the NFL right now? I mean, I suppose, but so much of that offense, like someone's got to figure out that tush push. But that's what I'm saying. But it's not just that though. It's it's either it's that, but it's also DeAndre Swift. It's also AJ Brown. It's also Jalen Hurts walking the ball into the end zone. And like, don't get me wrong. I don't know why the Bills coach, who apparently is a complete fucking moron, took a timeout to ice the kicker and waste one of his timeouts. Yeah, like I don't. Why would you do that? And then because now you you now you can't stop the clock with the Eagles marching down the field. And, and like, you know, I don't know. Or they couldn't stop the clock for themselves to try and, like, whatever. And then in overtime, Hertz basically briskly jogs into the end zone. Like, he didn't even run. Oh, yes. Speaking of uh, really dumb plays, we, for, we didn't even talk about the, the Hail Mary that got run back for a touchdown in the Jets game. <laughs> oh, man, that was a good time. That was, yeah. that was pretty funny, actually. Great. Uh, Ravens over Chargers in what might have been one of the most boring games in nope. Sunday Night Football history. Oh, yeah, Sunday Night Football, but the Monday Nighter. I was going to say, and then all, not to be outdone by the Bears over the Vikings. It's very strange watching this Vikings team. I don't know what to expect of them. Like Josh Dobbs one week has everyone shaving their eyebrows, and the next week they can't beat the Bears. It's, and it's not like it's the Bears beat them. They just kick four field goals. Well, I mean, yeah, but that's yeah. enough. Enough to get it done, you know? Looking at the week 13 schedule, I'm just curious if there's anything that you see here as a, a game to keep an eye on, maybe a, a sneaky bet that you can place. I was talking earlier about the Jags and how they do not win at home. And they are going up against the Bengals. I know. No Joe Burrow. Presumably. But Bengals aren't a horrible team. The Jaguars that, I don't believe in. Yeah, but the, the Jaguars might game. have the same Pittsburgh thing where that O-line is so bad that this guy's going to get beat the shit out of. And then 
it's just going to let the the Jaguars offense do their thing 90% of the game. So, I don't know, man. The line is the line is Jacksonville by 8. So that's ooh, that's a, that is heavy line. That's what I'm throwing in there. So that's the one to keep an eye on. I don't know um I'm not suggesting that the Bengals are necessarily going to win this game, although I'm thinking about it. I yeah. think I might add that one to one of my parlays as a as an upset, but we'll have to see as that week goes on. Speaking of upsets, there were some upset AEW fans this past and week. And upset Seth Rollins. <laughs> All right, so a lot has happened over the past couple of days. And let me take you through maybe the last week of all the speculation. So there was obviously speculation of CM Punk uh, debuting or returning, I should say, at Survivor Series because it's in Chicago. And his, I don't know if there was a no compete or whatever the agreement was with AEW when he got let go of you know X amount of time between when he's allowed to go and do something else. But the assumption was that it's November of when he was free to do whatever he wanted. And obviously there is history with him and WWE and a lot of people think that it was not going to be a possibility. And then it seemed like it seemed like it was possible and a lot of people thought it made a lot of sense and it it make like make make money and I think they are they WWE is interested in making money so it I don't see why it wouldn't happen. But then you had all these reporters coming out and saying I've spoken to WWE and they've said it's not happening. I've, I've contacted this, such and such and they said it's not happening. There's no talks and it's not happening. Okay. Going into the pay-per-view on Saturday night, Survivor Series in Chicago, I had texted my buddy Ryan and I said, I'm 50% certain that CM Punk is showing up tonight even though all the alleged reporters would tell you it's absolutely not happening. There were too many hints, man. The one that... So, the pay-per-view starts. They do their cold open with war pigs and the highlights and all that. But, like, during that package... And I, I could be crazy. But there was a voiceover on the package. And to me, it sounded like the voiceover at the beginning of Cult of Personality. I was like, that voice just sounds familiar i don't think it's the exact te- the words that they say in the beginning of the song but like that sounds like the same tone the same voice the same you know vibe but maybe i'm crazy but maybe that's just my musically inclined brain of like picking up on something so once i heard that i said okay 60 percent. and actually i should dial back a bit 50 percent because on the friday so the day before survivor series living color released a remastered version of cult of personality redone even like they re-recorded yeah. Yeah. re-recorded remastered version and i was like huh that's interesting and but dude there were other hints way beyond that like punk posted a oh. picture of him with a fighter whose record was like 25 and 11 <laughs> that's good which that's is good november 25th right right and so the music thing was a huge tip off because I saw someone on Twitter and I wish I like interacted with it so I can give the person credit, but they had pulled up like the actual documentation of the song of like who released it, what record label it was and where all the money is going and whatever. 
And he said this song was released by Sony and Living Color currently is not under Sony for a record label. They were originally, but they're not right now. And the only reason they would use this publisher is if it's used for film and television. Like this particular publisher and this arm of Sony's division of music releasing is done for film and television. So I'm like, oh, okay. And it, it starts to make sense. It, it's similar to the Taylor Swift situation where she re-released her, one of those albums. I don't remember which album it was or whatever. 1989. But there was you know, an, agree- an agreement with an old record label and they had X amount of dollars they were getting from it, but she owns the, the song, so she just re-recorded them or released it herself and now she's making all the money. Similar situation here. I can imagine that Living Color may have had an agreement with Tony Khan and AEW of that song and saying it will be used for wrestling purposes for AEW. Mm-hmm. But then they just said, fuck it, we'll just re-record the song, re-release it under a different record label, and then we license that out to WWE. So that's why I was 50% going in. Then I heard the 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 voiceover in the package. I'm like, okay, now I'm 60%. And then when they started doing the angle with Randy Orton that he is injured and not going to be in the match, I was like, okay, I'm 70% now. Now, now, like they wouldn't. I think it says they also had the Slim Jim, the Slim Jim fists. Did you see the The Slim Jim? I didn't see that. No. So the one of the ads for Slim Jim was the two fists like this, like in the way Punk used to pose, with the Slim Jims out like the arrows in his other logo where he holds the arrows. So like there was a lot of no. There's one where he's holding arrows. Is there? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll find it for you and I'll send it to you. Nevertheless. So then, yeah, I was saying to you that night, I was like, there's no way they're going to be teasing Randy Orton not being there and leaving the door open for people to speculate that it's punk. Like, I don't think you would do that if you didn't have punk. And then the match happens. Randy doesn't show up. And eventually he does show up. And then when he did show up, I had (laughs) texted Ryan. I'm like, zero percent. Never mind. (laughs) I'm wrong. Which is what they wanted from you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They took you on an emotional yeah. roller coaster. There was, yeah, and I think I'd said that to him as well, or maybe it was you, like, throughout the night where I was like, this is so fun. Like, yeah. this entire show, the way it's done, the way, the speculation of what's happening, is Randy going to be there, is Randy not going to be there, is it going to be punk or whatever? It was just fun. It was great. I had a blast. And then the show ends. And then the show ends, and CM Punk comes out. And I immediately text Ryan 100%. <laughs> 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 Um, it was quite the explosion from all the people in attendance. I don't think, I think a lot of people were along that ride and, and Triple H, that sly motherfucker, you know, like doing the whole, and remember he did that with NXT when I think it was Champa Champa and Gargano. Yeah. Where they were celebrating at the top of the ramp or whatever. And they put up the lower third graphic of copyright, whatever. And usually that's the sign of like, okay, the show's over. And then the graphic went away and Champa jumped Gargano. And it's like, holy shit, they turned. Same thing here, where the graphic came up, Cole was signing off, say it was a great night, an electric night here in Chicago, and then bam, there's CM Punk's music. And the re-recorded, re-released version as well. And I can tell the difference of the songs. So that wasn't speculation. That actually was what happened there. And then we go to the press conference. And Punk is not at the press conference. Probably smart. 
<laughs> I know I was having a bit of a, not an argument, but a conversation with Steve Argentaro about this um, on Twitter about whether he should be at the press conference or not. And Steve is saying all those reporters are there to talk to Punk. I'm like, well, I mean. No, they, they had, were there anyway. They had no idea he was going to be there. Right. The, the reporters, alleged reporters, were there. And regardless of Punk was there, you're right. And I mean, they had an opportunity to ask Triple H questions. And I think he had like five questions and like two or Joshy like question. <laughs> we're not even about punk. I'm like, what are we doing here? Listen, I know, I know the, the person who asked about the, the Joshi princesses or whatever. It's like, I think that's their thing. Like whatever their, the publication they work for specifies that they work for like, you know, women's Japanese wrestling. So that's why they asked Triple H about that. But like time and place, you know, like it's, it's, it's like the, the Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup. And you have an interview with Sheldon Keefe after the game. And you're like, hey, Sheldon, um, what do you like on your hot dog? <laughs> it's like, well, can, can we talk about the Stanley Cup we just won? Can yeah. we talk about that? So time and place for these sort of things. I get it. Maybe it was their, their first press conference. They didn't know if they'll ever have the opportunity to talk to Triple H again. Fine. Fine. But the other motherfucker talking about John Moxley. I'm like, what? That's me <laughs> slamming my head into the microphone. This is the problem with wrestling media and wrestling reporters. And it goes back to earlier in the week before Punk was allegedly not going to be there. And all of them reporting that he's not there. And they reached out to WWE and they said no. They want to be in, man. They, they don't understand what's a work and what's not. And they don't understand when they're getting worked and when they're not. A great example Last week, I saw on Fightful, and like, listen, Fightful, for the most part, is one of the better ones. Like, Sean Ross Sapp is awesome, although I, I assume most of the time, all the stuff that goes on Fightful's Twitter account isn't exclusively from Sean Ross Sapp. Like, I think there's, there's other people working there, and there's other people contribute to it. So it came from Fightful. It was like, the Young Bucks are taking time away, according to Brandon Cutler. I'm like, you motherfuckers. It's an angle. Like, if Brandon Cutler is telling you these things. On his Twitter. Like, he's not even telling you specifically. He just tweeted that the Young Bucks are taking time away. This is not news, guys. You are like, that's like saying, I don't know, um, Roman Reigns is angry at Jay Uso after the events of SmackDown. It's like, well, <laughs> that's, that's the angle, guys. Yeah. We don't they just to... do. They want to be in. They want to prove that they're in the know, and it usually backfires. If you just treat it straight and narrow and just don't worry about work or shoot and just ask your fucking question. Like, don't. Don't try and be in by asking about Moxley and trying to get like, like you and I guess like to a degree, sure you want to get a a, a bite, but you know that, and the way Triple H answered it was very, you know they're going to give you a diplomatic answer, so find right. so find the ways around it, right? Um, and I just think they don't they they want to be, they want to prove that they're in the know, like 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 Triple H is going to have some sort of newfound respect because oh. Oh, you uh, you referenced that guy, or you did that? Okay, this guy. I better take this guy seriously. Nah, fuck off. I I guess it's they attack it from like Chris Van Vliet is probably the best in terms of not being a jabroni. And that's what I was trying to get to. Like, I think we need to limit who's allowed to go to this press conference. And let's have legitimate reporters there. So if Chris Van Vliet's there, great. If Sean Ross Sapp is there, great. If Brian Alvarez is there, great. Um, 
whether you like their stuff or they're not. And I guess Alvarez isn't necessarily even a reporter. He's just a, a pundit at this point. Huh. But I, I feel like you and oh, sorry. And uh, Nick Houseman is great. Fantastic. He's actually the guy who broke all the CM Punk st- stuff to begin with. Yeah, a lot of this stuff you can blame on Nick Houseman, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I, it's just if you have an opportunity to talk to these guys, you need to ask appropriate questions. I can't believe no one asked how long the contract was. Um, is it a number of dates? Is he going to be around for a long time? When all this came together? Because, and then, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. I guess what I'm trying to say is, it's, I understand it's hard because wrestling is like the only thing in the world where it's you're reporting on it, but could most be real, of the stuff it could be being, not. <laughs> yeah, most of the stuff you're being fed is bullshit, and you it's hard to discern like what's real, what's not. Yeah. So I understand. I'm not trying to be overly critical of them. It's just sometimes they need to use better judgment. But you need to understand that going in. Yes, that's the point. Yeah. Um, but and back to the punk the, thing, just real yes. quick, 87 million impressions or views or whatever. Insane. Of the Dude. video of him returning. It's And that's... when. Remember when uh, him and Roman had the needle mover argument back and forth? Yep. I'm There's sorry, man. That's, the, that's a needle mover. Yep. And, and that's why he's back. And as much as, you know, whether... like. I think the whole Seth thing is probably, I think it's rooted in some form of like real, like, Hey, I don't really like you, but both guys are business guys. And I think that at the end of the day, like you even hear, like people are floating that clip of Seth going, Oh, he's a cancer at after, if you watch the entire clip, he says, you know, I'm yes. bummed that I'm mad at CM Punk. Cause I like the guy and we used to get along great and blah, blah, blah. And like, there's a lot, there's layers to that. Like, I don't think it's as simple as I'm going to knock this fucking guy out. Like he says in like, I don't, I think, I think he's, I think Seth's very smart. And if you're smart, you know where there's money and you plant seeds. Right. And I think that's what you do. And he did it last night. He said, you know, I'm not going to talk about this guy moving on. And he moves on because he has other stuff to deal with. But then Punk says, everyone's happy to see me except maybe one guy. Right. Mm. So like, they know, they know what they're doing. Of course. They're making money. He even said and to the camera, he looked at the camera, he said, I'm here to make money. Yes. It makes, it makes so much sense. And the, the funniest thing is like the day after it all happened, there was all these other reports of like what, what who knew when and when it was signed and They all whatever. fucking like, knew. Of course they all fucking knew. And that's what kills me. Dude, like, they dropped hints. They were talking, Paul Heyman, nobody stays gone forever. These guys are talking about best in the world. Michael Cole was dropping promos from Punk from Ring of Honor in real yes. time. Like they did it on purpose to subliminally train you to speculate. There was literally reporters, and I don't want to throw out names here, but they're on Twitter saying, "Oh, like this deal got done really quickly." I know Triple H said something like that, but he's working. No, here. no, the deal, the ink on paper, sure. The conversations, right. they had an agreement well in advance because cult of personality got re-recorded. When do you think that happened? When do you think the licensing of that song happened? That, those sh- that shit Sony, takes time. Had, that takes time. And then immediately... So, like, when he comes out, he has new, new lighting treatment, new video. You think they just put that new together, merch. like, in 10 seconds? The website had two new shirts. They had to design that shirt. They had to print those shirts. Proof they had it. to get someone to put it on the website and schedule it to post at the right time. What are we talking about? <laughs> like they knew for a long time that this was happening. Yeah. 
And kudos to WWE for keeping it quiet, keeping people guessing, because even smart guys like us weren't speculating. Totally and that's sure what you want to do. Happening. And that's what you want to do. I, for one, am happy that our pro wrestling overlord is back, where he I'm where he does belong. Well. Because even if you look at the way he cuts promos, like there's just something different about how you do it in WWE. Like even looking back yeah. on his clips from back in the day, even looking how he spoke on, on Monday, there's something different. And it's, I think it's the WWE of it all. It's just bigger. It's just more important. There's history there. That's, it's just, I don't know. I, it, there's, there's a, there's a, the same reasons we like edge or Adam Copeland, people like him going to AEW for all the possibilities are the same reasons you should be excited for CM Punk and WWE because it's been a decade. He might have had matches against Rollins and Reigns and stuff, the Shield, all that, whatever, but it's different now. And these guys are in different places. He's a different entity altogether. There's so many different ways of looking at this that, I don't know, it's exciting. I think about Punk and Grayson Waller, and that excites me. Like, all that kind of stuff. Like, Grayson Waller did the commentary, like, tease even. He's like, no mm-hmm. one can touch me. Like, dude, mm-hmm. they knew. I'm just reminding of myself course. of all the things, right? Like yeah. they all knew. So, um, what's funny is how if if Jack Perry <laughs> just like one of my favorite tweets was Brian Last, who said, "You know, if Jack Perry just kept his mouth shut, Punk would be on collision, collision right now, and not on Survivor Series." <laughs> like all of this happened because of a pane of glass. It's crazy have you if you think about it, just go back and like where all this stemmed from and how all this went down. It's just wild. The dude that wants to work where adults work. Like that stuff wouldn't cut it in WWE. Like people aren't stupid. And as much as he can disagree with some of the stuff that has happened there historically, I'm sure he can look at what's happening now and say, Oh, okay, that's kind of what I was asking for. Like if you look at the WWE now, it's very reflective of a lot of the things he was complaining about. Like the things he wanted to change. Like yeah. there's more wrestling, there's more focus on uh, the right guys, right? There aren't like it's not always big. Although the big Hoss stuff between, um, I, I joked with you, they, Wade Barrett called it a meat planet. Uh, um, what's his name? Fucking what the fuck is those guys? The Ivar and the other guy, Jonah. Um, well, Bronson Reed, but yeah, Bron- Jonah Rock. Yeah, Jonah Rock, his- Bronson Reed. Look at me being a mark. Um, <laughs> like the, all the stuff he wanted is there now. Like the good, like the good big guys, like those are good big guys. One's from Ring of Honor, one's from fucking New Japan PWG Australia. So, um, it's it's just a different spot. Like AEW is is a bunch of children. Like at the like his gripes in AEW are way bigger than I think the gripes he would have had in old WWE. Just because like it's the foundation of how business operates. Like it's just it's embarrassing. <laughs> right like i don't know i think this this makes sense it's the right time the right place all of it like it just you know for both sides and like i know i come off sometimes as like anti aw i'm not i really wish they would be better and i wish wwe would be better like i, I just want everything to be better and it is it, although it is funny to me where i saw some people on twitter saying man if punk goes out there on monday and starts shooting on the Bucks or Tony. Oh, they should just the on Dynamite on Wednesday send Eddie Kingston to the ring with the live microphone. I'm like, okay, but and then what actually ended up happening? He just 
very tame. Lost over it. It never happened. Like it, in my head, it almost sounded like, "Hey, I've been gone from wrestling for ten years, and now I'm back." Yeah. Like just not even acknowledging that AEW even exists, and that's and that's the WWE way. So I don't know and if that was well. Even and, it's, and if you're like, Punk, who was brought in to elevate them, like that's an insult in itself. Yes, exactly. That I know, like I was speculating, like not that I would have done this if I was Triple H, but I was thinking it would be funny if. I just unleashed him, yeah. It would be funny if you had sent Punk out there with... It doesn't even have to be the AEW title. It can just be any belt you grab from the merch table and put it on him and send him out there and say, hey, I'm the real world's champion. Just like he did with Ric Flair in the early 90s when he came from WCW with the big gold belt and they digitized it and blurred it out. And then after a while, he was just wearing like the WF tag belt, but they blurred it out so it didn't matter. <laughs> Like you could have did something like that, where he comes out and like I am the real world's champion, and and that's how you set up him and Seth. But you don't need to do that, and you don't need to reference anything he did in AEW. And I think that's yeah a bigger insult than anything to AEW is like, hey, none of that shit mattered. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I think there's a lot of legs there. Um, obviously him and Rollins is a thing. That is happening, and people are saying, oh, I'll be at WrestleMania. I wonder, and I don't necessarily think this is going to happen, but I, I know that we're driving towards Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. That can be your headliner for night two, night one, whatever the fucking night you want. Probably night two. And the people are saying, yeah, the other night you do Rollins and Punk. What if you do Punk and Rollins at the Rumble? That way, Punk is not in the Rumble, and Cody can get all the babyface reaction for winning that match. LA Knight might be a problem, but we can figure out a creative way to get him out of that match. So, you get your Punk and Rollins in the ring at, at the Rumble. You get Cody winning the Rumble to go on to WrestleMania to face Roman Reigns. And then Punk is free for Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know what? Just saying? It's possible? You did say one thing though that I, it, the, the most pissed off person in WWE right now should be LA Knight. Yeah, for sure. Because there's a lot of babyface shine that is being transferred and merch sales and stuff that is being transferred. I was just gonna say, literally overnight, he went from the number one merch guy to the number two merch guy overnight. Possible five. Who knows? Like right? Like we don't. I don't know how it shakes down. But I, him is the one person I'd be like, fuck, right? But alas. Well, I think. It is now time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right. It's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week because it's the segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from his very long run in the World Wrestling Federation. Um, Maddie did tell me his shout out and his shout out goes to Mark Andre Fleury for effectively giving the middle finger to the NHL when they told him he's not allowed to wear his, um, indigenous artistic helmet at warm up, And he said, well, fuck you. I'm going to wear it. And the NHL is like, well, we'll find you. And he's like, all right, I'll pay the fine. And like, well, we'll find the wild too. All right, well, I'll pay that too. And then, uh, as far as I understand, they have not been fined. Um, hilariously though, 
if you type in Mark Andre Fleury mask into Google, the articles that come up from USA Today, NHL embarrassed itself in handling of Mark Andre Fleury mask issue from the province, where the fuck the province is. No flowers for Mark Andre Fleury. Once again, the NHL trips over its own stick. Like, like every headline is just like slamming the NHL for beating the stupidest fucking league. So, shout out to Mark Andre Fleury for um, standing up for something that is right. And I think we can all uh, appreciate something like that. James and I discussed before the show started that we have the same shout out. So, I'm going to uh, join in on James's shout out. But before that, I do also want to give a subsequent one to one Scott Hansen. So I don't know if you saw Red Zone this weekend, but while Scott Hansen, the host of NFL Red Zone, doing his thing as only he can, he's fucking incredible at what he does. The, there's like an alarm going off in the building. And for those of you who've worked in an office or work, live in an apartment building, you understand like what those alarms are. Like you hear the first normal, the first like slow one, and then you hear the continuous one where it's like, get the fuck out of the building. Like, there's something happening here. Evacuate, evacuate, evacuate. And that evacuation alarm is going off while he's still doing red zone. And then he had to, like, eventually sign off and say, like, all right, well, I guess we have to get out of here. So, <laughs> like, just the most professional you'll ever hear someone on television. Incredible job. Not just by Scott, but, like, obviously everyone else in the studio who works tirelessly on that show every single week for eight hours of uninterrupted commercial free football. Mm-hmm. So big shout out to Scott Hansen, but even bigger shout out, James, what do you got? One John greed for, you know, I, uh, he announced this week on social media, he was retiring from professional wrestling in Ontario, Canada, indie wrestling staple. I mean, I've had the, the pleasure and uh, honor of working with uh, John since, uh, God knows when, probably almost like when, when I started. And he's just, he's a larger than life character uh, in in real life and out there. I mean, a uh, big man who could move swiftly, which was, you know, really cool to see. When I, I remember first seeing him, I went to a show, he did the five ton frog splash he does. And that was just so fucking crazy to see, like from a visual perspective, especially if you're sitting like front row, you like, you, you like, he's, it almost feels like he's right above you. Um, and he was—he's just so good at on on the microphone, passionate, could cut cut the best promo on the show. Um, funniest guy, most caring guy, like really looks out for you. Has a good, you know, moral compass of right and wrong. Not afraid to tell you in the right way that something's not right. Um, and I remember working on his return to Smash Wrestling. We did an angle where he, you know. The overdogs had broken up. He kind of tried to do his thing. It wasn't quite working out for him. Um, and he, had, he said he had to walk away, blah, blah, blah. And we did this whole return angle. And it went over super well. Like, um, we paired him off with Kevin Bennett, who was kind of like the big uh, heat magnet at the moment. Um, we did a whole, like, like see, actually, like not like CM Punk, but that kind of style of, like, no one knew what no, knew was happening video ominous video plays he comes out people pop it's great um it's unfortunate that you know other reasons took that story to a train wreck it didn't quite go the way it was you know not how i would have done it but um you know a guy who was always willing to to do the thing you asked of him um to try and make things better and he even said that he tried to leave something better than the way it was and that's kind of his mentality so 
Uh, my shout out is to John Greed for you know heck heck of a uh, indie wrestling career. And I'll tell you, there was a time where he was he was strong enough a performer that I would have put the strap on him um, in Smash Wrestling, but never got the chance to. Uh, unfortunate, but you know, enjoy retirement, brother. You earned it. Yeah, I want to echo a lot of those sentiments. Um, I didn't post anything on Facebook because I don't like using Facebook, but I did reach out to him privately and you know, we had a brief conversation. Um, Greed started right around the same time I did. I remember, I think the first show that I did a ring announcing for for Squared Circle Wrestling was in Milton, Ontario around 2011, I want to say. And that night, I believe, if this is the same night I'm thinking, John Greed was just starting in wrestling and he was uh, running the music that night. So like, I was in the ring and he was in the music and that was pretty much the entire production, the entire event. And I remember uh, at the end of the night, I, didn't even, I think it was the first time I met him. I remember thinking, oh, awesome. There's someone here today that actually knows, someone who's not an idiot. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times I have to like work with someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. But um, he was great. And I eventually then found out later that like, oh, he's training to be a wrestler and he's one of the workers and he's going to be on the shows going forward. And it's, it's been a, it's been over a decade of his career and like his and mine, a lot of ways are parallel. Like we've kind of gone the same places from square to smash and whatever else. Right. And yeah, I, I agree with you. There was a time where he was over like Rover, man. Like there was a huge opportunity that, he could have been the Smash Wrestling Champion, and it would have worked. Um, and I think if you calculate the sum of the parts of John Greed, you have an incredible talent. That he's I don't worked think some enough of the people... best guys. Like he's worked Kyle yeah, O'Reilly. He's like you know what I mean. Like he's worked top end talent. It reminds me of, and I'm not comparing him to the Undertaker, but it reminds me of like the way people look at the Undertaker, and that like that guy doesn't get the credit for how good he is because he's so big like it's i don't want to say anything is easy in professional wrestling but it's significantly easier for a cruiserweight a guy who is under 100 pounds to do you know a head scissors takeover or you know a frog splash but greed could do that at 270 pounds yeah i'm pretty sure didn't he give didn't he give uh josh alexander hurricane rana once i believe it and i'm pretty sure he also he also used to do the taker dive over the top rope at times Oh, the taker dive you do all the time and like you'd scare the shit out of me every time he does it but like he would nail it and it's it's unfortunate because as as great as he was in the ring i think we can definitely agree he was even better outside the ring yep where the car rides agreed were always the best the conversation you have agreed in the locker room is better than like him and Tarek were the most ripped off dudes in terms of how they talk and how they deliver comedy and everything they say, everyone else would pick up on and do themselves because they are just so fucking hilarious. Dude, my first and podcast was the podcast with Creed, the Pineapple Soda Club. We did. Yep. And that was a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs. And yeah, I, definitely the most ripped off. Like the, the isms that they would do, like yeah. I still say to this day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. In normal There's conversation, people look at me say. like I'm fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> There's probably tons of things I say to this day that are clearly stolen from Creed. Um, I will always remember like tearing up the dance floor in Barry's Bay with a beer in his hand. Like that is John Greed to me. Like he yeah. is just the life of the party yeah. in every fucking way. So I told him not to be a stranger. 
I fully expect to see him at my place for Royal Rumble, which James, you are invited to as well. And we can invite Maddie too, I guess. <laughs> um, however, still a lot of time between now and the Royal Rumble. And listen, I'm, I'm going to say something, and I know he's okay. not going to like me saying it, but I'm going to say it because I'm going to echo one of my heroes right now. One of my people that I look up to and people that I've modeled my own mentality after. No one stays gone forever. There you go. There you have it. You never know. Never say never. Never as say we never. Learned. Anything can happen in this the World Wrestling week. Federation. <laughs> <laughs> as we learned this past week. Absolutely. Um, we'll see you next week, though. Uh, and, but until then, help control the pet population and have your pet spayed or neutered.